All right, guys, welcome in to today's episode of Southeast Hoops Podcast. It is Friday, October 19th, 2018. And finally, uh, getting back on the podcast here, I told you guys it was going to be a busy week. Uh, I was down in Birmingham on Wednesday for SEC Media Day. As you've probably already seen, and for those of you who regularly visit the website, uh, a lot of stories have been going up the past couple of days. Uh, with thoughts from Media Day, talking to coaches and players and just kind of getting a better feel of where everyone's at right now. Uh, talked to a lot of them during the summer, of course, but as you get closer, as practice starts, things can change and you start to see uh, some guys stand out and you start to kind of get a better feel of your team. So it was good. Uh, to get all that, so if you haven't read any of those stories yet, there's been a lot of them that have gone up thus far. Uh, five or six already up on Southeast Tubes. I've had one up over at CBB Today, uh, which I do contribute for as well. I have a Mississippi State story up over there. The stories that are already up on Southeast Tubes. I've got Alabama, Auburn, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Ole Miss. I've, I've got a lot of different ones up right now. So. There's plenty for you to catch up on. I'll have more coming up as well, going through uh, all the different teams. So be on the lookout for that. But yes, Media Day was um, it was a fun experience. The SEC always does a tremendous job hosting it, and uh, it was in a great location. Uh, even someone that lives in Nashville like myself, who has kind of been spoiled by having it here in recent years, uh, it was good to have it in Birmingham, a good chance to catch up with everyone and kind of talk about this league. And that was sort of the main theme that you heard from pretty much everyone is that, you know, it's kind of knowing at this point what you're going to get from this league. Everyone has seen the growth over the past couple years that we've talked about. And now this is the year where it not only are we talking about just making the NCAA tournament we're talking about teams that can go far in the NCAA tournament, and it's not just Kentucky. It's not just a you know a team like Florida who's had that type of success uh, in recent years as well. We're talking about multiple teams, uh, possibly more than a handful of teams that can go into the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. That's kind of where things stand right now, and that's what coaches were talking a lot about in knowing that even some of these teams, I mean, for example, look at Tennessee. Ben Howland brought this up. Everybody, Kentucky was the preseason pick is number one. They were picked to win the league, which was not a surprise. Uh, but when, you know, like Ben Howland pointed out, you look at Tennessee, here's a team who brings everybody back from a team that shared the SEC regular season title last year, and they're picked second. And that's just, it's crazy to think about that. But that kind of shows you where Kentucky's at, but it also kind of shows you where the league's at. Uh, For a team like Tennessee, who does bring everybody back, essentially, uh, minus James Daniel, I mean, they pretty much bring their whole roster back. But that's kind of where we are now, and the Vols are going to be one of those teams right there. They're going to have a chance uh, to be right back at the top. Again, you look at the entire preseason poll, no surprise to see Kentucky Tennessee and Auburn as the top three teams. We expected that. I think you kind of knew those were going to be the teams that got the most attention at the top. You've seen them in a lot of preseason polls in the top 10 
top 12, top 15, all those teams are there. And so it's not a surprise to see them in the top three spots. Elsewhere, you go down the rest of the list. Mississippi State at four, Florida at five, LSU at six, Alabama at seven, Vanderbilt eight, Missouri nine, Arkansas 10, South Carolina 11, Texas A&M 12, Georgia 13, and Ole Miss at 14. Everybody always looks at the preseason media poll, and I say the same thing every year. It is what it is. It's a preseason poll. Once the season gets started on November 6th, it means absolutely nothing. Uh, But it sure is fun to kind of go back and forth, look at where these teams could land. Uh, Do I have a a big problem with anything about this, you know, preseason media poll? I don't. I mean, like I've continued to say, it's a year where you could put a lot of teams in a lot of different spots. It was the same way last year. That's just because of how much more competitive it's gotten, how much less room for error there is in this league. And you're going to see all these different teams probably separated by not a lot of games. And on any given night, uh, everyone's going to have a chance to get the best of their opponent. I think you're going to be able to see that on a nightly basis in the SEC once league play gets started. And so, you know, yeah, I don't have a problem with where anyone's at, to be honest with you. I think because I could make the case if you go down the line 1 through 14, I could say, yeah, I could see that team finishing where they were picked at because of X, because of Y. Um, and so there, there's really not a lot of surprise there. If you look at the uh, preseason awards, um, again, the depth in the league from a, a talent standpoint, we know where it's at right now. No surprise to see Grant Williams picked as the preseason player of the year because he did win the award last year. Uh, Daniel Gafford, Reed Travis, Tremont Waters, Chris Silva also on that first team. Second team was Bryce Brown, Jared Harper, Jalen Hudson, P.J. Washington, Quindary Weatherspoon, Jonte Porter, and Admiral Schofield. You can mix and match. I mean, you know, I could just as easily put a guy like Jared Harper on the first team um, and not be upset about it just because you know what the value that he brings to his specific team, and you can make that case for all these other guys as well. I mean, you know, look at Admiral Schofield. Would, would anybody be that upset if Admiral Schofield – was you know replace someone on the first team all sec and you had him and grant williams on there no i don't think you could be just because you know the value that he brings to his team and that's kind of when you you vote on these things you understand uh kind of the value that all these guys are going to bring this season and you could just as easily mix and match them uh, a lot so it was good to you know see all the coaches see the players everyone's excited this time of year Uh, because no one's lost a game yet and that kind of you always get that excitement everybody's itching to get the season started um, and and, you know things will be a lot more sort of tense once those things actually tip off on November the 6th but uh, it was good to see everyone and and speaking of uh, tipping off Georgia uh, was actually in exhibition action on Thursday night as they you know were in Birmingham as well and they uh, took on UAB uh, Rob Eason's team there, and Georgia got a 56-54 victory. The Bulldogs, yeah, yeah, as I always say with exhibitions, you, you take it for what it's worth. You're not going to see a team be as crisp as they're going to be in, in January, February, or March. Uh, you know, it's not really necessarily a great judge of where a team is at just in an exhibition game, but it's not like they're taking on a Division three school or something like that. They did take on UAB, uh, who's a program that's kind of built some momentum in recent years and, and trying to continue to take another step forward. So 
for Georgia, they, they rallied late, had a chance to, you know, get the victory, and that's good. Win is a win, even if it's an exhibition game, uh, because it's always important uh, to be able to get those victory, teaching your team how to win, because Georgia's a team, they've won games in recent years, but they're trying to take that next step, which is why they hired Crean, uh, to where they can win, you know, on a consistent basis, be consistent every single night. And so Rayshon Hammonds led the way, had 13 points, 9 rebounds. We've talked about him really having a breakout season. I don't think there's many people who are concerned about his ability to fit into what Tom Cream wants to do. I think Rayshon Hammonds is just a, a natural talent, the, the versatility we talked about last year with Mark Fox. Uh, he's just someone that will be able to help them in, in many different areas, and that's the kind of guy Cream wants on the floor. You look elsewhere, uh, behind Hammonds was Nick Claxton, JoJo Toppin. They each added eight points. Uh, those are two guys I'm very excited about. I've already mentioned uh, Claxton in our, our SEC Breakout Player Series. He's someone that just talk about that length, that size. Uh, I think he is going to be a, a really good fit, and it's going to be hard probably once we get into SEC play. Once we get later in the season, I think it's going to be hard for Crean to take him off the floor because he'll be able to provide uh, a lot of different things, especially on the defensive end with his size. Uh, and I, I just I'm really excited to kind of see his development. And Toppin, you know, someone a freshman that that freshman group I think kind of been a little bit under undervalued. Maybe we've overlooked him a bit when breaking down this Georgia team coming into this season. Uh, but he could just as easily be someone that, that factors in and plays a role for them this season. Uh, Georgia won the rebounding battle. It's 43-35 there on the glass. They did commit 20 turnovers. That's probably the biggest thing that's going to stand out for Georgia fans because they have had a problem taking care of the ball in recent years. That's been kind of one of their their biggest problems that they've had to to try to overcome, and that will probably continue to be the case again this year. Uh, You do have a team that, that sometimes, even with some experienced guards on that roster, they haven't been, you know, the model of consistency, and that's what Crean wants. We know uh, how he kind of demands that. He wants that from his team. And so I think it will kind of be continue to be one of those things you follow throughout the season. They have to be able to do that better uh, because they just didn't do that very well last year. When you lose a guy like J.J. Frazier, uh, they just had problems last year taking care of the ball, especially in key situations. Uh, they sometimes make turnovers just kind of in the, in the worst spots, and they have to get better at that. But don't look at that 20 turnover number and say, oh, boy, Georgia's going to be, uh, you know, not going to be able to take care of the ball this year because, as I said, it's an exhibition game. Let's not read too much into it. It's only October 19th. It's not November the 6th yet. So there are a lot of ways that, that Green can kind of change some things there and be able to find, uh, you know, take that number down and put them in a better position before they tip off the regular season. So those are the biggest things going on right now as we continue to move towards uh, tip-off here in a couple weeks now. It will be here before you know it. Uh, like I mentioned, be, be sure to catch up on everything that we've got going on over at Southeast Hoops. Not only uh, do I have the stuff going up from SEC Media Day, but we've also got the features, the player previews. We'll have more of those on the way. Uh, our Brad Cavallaro is going to continue his underrated freshman series as well. And we will continue to break down all these teams and give you as much info as you need on SEC basketball as we head into the start of the 2018-19 season. Uh, my, myself, I'm really having a very fun time right now because 
not only was I at SEC Media Day on Wednesday, but the Blue Ribbon College Basketball Yearbook uh, arrived in the mail. And as I put on Twitter, uh, that is something that you always enjoy because not only can you take a deep dive into teams in the SEC, add more info uh, to your notes uh, like I've been doing, but you can also take a, a bit more of a deep dive into the opponents that the SEC uh, teams are going to be facing this year in the non-conference. And scheduling was something that continues to be talked about because of how much better the scheduling has gotten on the non-conference level, and you're seeing teams schedule much tougher. And that's, in turn, you know, giving the SEC an opportunity to get all these teams in the tournament, and that will once again be the case this year. So as someone who always says, I love all the previews, uh, Athlon Sports, Lindy's, and now the Blue Ribbon College Basketball Yearbook, if you're a college basketball fan, you need them all. Uh, so be sure you get them, and that way you can start your own research into uh, the opponents that your favorite team will be playing uh, this season. So, uh, again, head over to southeastoops.com. Check out the written stuff. Be sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Go over to iTunes. Search for Southeast Hoops. That way you can get all these episodes delivered to you as soon as they go up. Got some great interviews on the way here over the next couple weeks uh, to get you ready for the start of the season. And that includes uh, some recruiting stuff, uh, some individual team previews like we've done before, Uh, And just more thoughts just on the general state of the league uh, with some people who follow it as closely as anyone. So I really think you're going to enjoy the guests that we do have coming up. And uh, it's going to be a fun ride here as we continue to move through the preseason and head into the start of the regular season. Uh, So be sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any of those. And continue to follow all the written stuff that's going up over on the website. So thanks as always for listening, and I will talk to you guys next time.